Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarado. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for making time to join us today or this evening or this morning, wherever it is you find yourself, whatever time zone you're in. Uh, boy, we're in for a treat today. I already started with the, the animal humor. Um, I was going to open the show barking and then thought, oh, better of it. Maybe not to confuse folks, but we're going to be talking with dogs and cats today. Actually, we're going to be talking with author Tim Link about his new book, Talking with Dogs and Cats, Joining the Conversation to Improve Behavior and Bonds with Your Animals. That's what's on deck for this hour. But before we talk about our relationship with our animals, let's turn our attention to ourselves. As I always say, great relationships begin within. And part of our practice here at Marian Life, we like to invite you, whether you're returning again and again or joining us for the first time, just to bring awareness to your body. And in the way of doing that, we can find our breath. Yep, finding our breath. What does that mean for you? I'm scanning my body now. Where is my breath? Are you holding your breath? I'm kind of holding my breath. There it is. Isn't that funny? Oftentimes our bodies are breathing us, and then we notice what's happening with the breath. The breath being, as they say, the yoke between the mind, body, and spirit, what holds us together, what is running through us constantly, and just bringing our awareness to our breath creates a shift, a shift of awareness, perspective, maybe a softening, maybe just attending to yourself. Just notice what happens with your body or what's going on. It doesn't mean there's anything to do about it necessarily, just noticing. We find this a great entryway to our interior, to the connection between body, mind, and soul. So doing that, having said that, go ahead and take an audible breath, letting some of that exhale find its way out, releasing with it anything that isn't serving you right now. And as you... uh, Look around. Some of you are already on your way to your portal of gratitude. That's the second part of our practice here at the top of the hour. Who makes it possible for you to do what you do and what you're doing right now? That's one of the ways we enter into our conversation with gratitude. Gratitude sort of has almost become a cliche to talk about uh, at the surface level, but we're inviting you to go deeper, to drop it beneath that, to notice what the word brings up for you. Maybe if you approach gratitude like a prayer, you can find your way in and deeper into the conversation, the feeling level, 
and at the experiential level by asking that question, who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now, including you? What's in your belly? You might notice all the folks that helped make it possible for you to eat, be nourished. You might look around at your animals, whether they're near you or not, and find some gratitude there, no doubt. For most of us, our animals are such an important part of our lives. easy to get grateful when we think about them. Yep, if you're like me, your list is really long. So go ahead and meander your way through yours, noticing the shift in your breathing and your perspective as you settle in, getting ready for this hour. I'll start down my list real quick here at Marion Live, who helps make it possible for us to bring you Positive Talk Radio, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, is Linda McKenzie and Jay Cruz. They are most definitely always at the top of my list here on Marion Live. Uh, Linda McKenzie and Jay Cruz uh, make it possible for us to put only good things in our mind, body, and soul by listening to Positive Talk Radio. We also want to take this opportunity to thank the OneWorldChildrensFund.org at the global level for helping unite people to improve their lives of children affected by poverty. They are our honorary sponsor here at Marion Live, as well as at the national level, the National Action Organization committed to changing the way our culture values each other. They are responsible for making this program possible, 24, oops, yeah, 24 hours a day. No, I wish. <laughs> Do I wish that? I don't know. I can tell you 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. Check them out online, naction.org, for more information. And at the local level, we're in Northern California here at our satellite studio, um, is the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California. They've got the latest in meditation and revelation. Check them out. I'm a huge fan of the bookstore and the book, as you know, because we love our authors. We've been loving on them for over a decade now here at Mary Ann Live and the Open Secret Bookstore has books just like Tim Link's new book, Talking with Cats and Dogs, or actually Talking with Dogs and Cats, pardon me, Joining the Conversation to Improve Behavior and Bond with Your Animals. So check them out online as well, opensecretbookstore.com, for more information. Oh, okay, everybody, we're breathing together. We are trying to get grateful, which is not always easy to do, but we are moving in that direction. Some of us are already there, some of us are challenged and struggling, and perhaps this conversation today with Tim Link will help us get there, and we can do it together. Uh, let me ask you this. Why has your cat suddenly stopped using the litter box, you want to know, or your dog maybe is barking incessantly? Uh, why don't they listen to you when you ask them to do something? Pet owners want to know the answer to these questions, and Tim Link, Link an expert and animal communicator, uh, can teach you how to find out. He's going to be with us this hour. He's going to help us first hone our communication skills using the spoken and the visual and also learn to listen, respecting the personality and feelings of your animal here today on Marion Life. His simple and accessible methods facilitate the understanding your craving and create a back-and-forth communication that will enhance the lives of both animals and humans. We're going to do that together here today. Let me tell you first before I introduce you to Tim a little bit about his background. He's a nationally syndicated radio host, an animal communicator, which we're going to ask him what that means, and a Reiki practitioner. 
He created his Wagging Tails Consulting Practice upon discovering his Talk to the Animals abilities, and he often works with animal rescue organizations and lives in Cumming, Georgia. He's joining us today on Marion Live. Welcome to the program, Tim. We're so happy to have you here. Well, thanks for having me on board. I appreciate it. Oh, you betcha. Uh, Talking with Dogs and Cats is a great book. We're so excited to be talking with you about this today, Tim. Tell us a little bit before we get into your new book, how did you get involved working with animals? What a wonderful career. Yeah, well, it's a, it's one of those things where I wished in high school they would have had the uh, guidance counselor tell me we could do this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> would have been great. Oh, yeah. uh, but, you know, my, I think my situation was quite, um, you know, a gift that was presented much later in life. That's the way I tend to look at it. Uh, you know, I spent my first uh, 20 years as a telecom executive and traveled the world working with some of the biggest uh, telecom names out there. And uh, though I've always loved animals, we've always, my wife and I have always had animals in our lives. Um, she's the regular Ellie Mae Clampett of our gang. <laughs> so she's never seen a critter she didn't like. So we've had, you know, turtles and, and cats and birds and dogs and rabbits and, uh, you know, fish. The list goes on and on. Um, but about, oh gosh, a, a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, that was all going to shift. That was all going to change. And I sort of was presented this gift uh, to be able to connect with the animals at a little bit deeper level to better understand what um, they're trying to tell us instead of having a one-way conversation directly at them to actually calm our minds, open their minds up, open my heart up, and to be able to connect with them at a little bit deeper level. That happened in a workshop, yes? It did. It did. Uh, a workshop, you know, I teach workshops on my own, one-day workshops, and uh that teaches you how to sort of uh, breathe. You mentioned that at the, the get-go. It's very, very important in our lives to be able to center ourselves and clear our minds and open our hearts and center our chakras and get us all situated in life. Mm-hmm. And breathing is a big part of that. So, that, you know, the workshop that um, I teach is a little bit more intense, but the workshop that I attended was just a little simple half-day workshop. And it was designed to teach people how to calm down and breathe and center themselves and then be able to connect with animals both in the form of pictures as well as uh, live animals that were there at the workshop. And uh, I went to the workshop with my wife uh, for basically two reasons. One was there were going to be a lot of animals there and a lot of like-minded people, which was good. And most of all, I have to say from a selfish standpoint, it was her birthday weekend. Yes, so being the the good husband, I I gotten the flowers already ordered. The card was in hand, so now this is the perfect gift. She wanted to go to the uh, workshop, and and I thought it'd just be a great opportunity to to learn and and experience things. Had no, uh, you know, at that time I never practiced meditation or clearing exercises. I haven't, you know, the only breathing that I knew was normal breathing, or you know, I was. <laughs> you know, I, I was a vocal performance major for a while in college, and uh, so I knew how to breathe from my diaphragm and those techniques. But it really opened up, and during that workshop, um, we learned to connect with the animals. And every time I connected with an animal, not only did I receive information, but I was uh, it was verified with the human companion of the animal, the mm-hmm. owner of the animal, mm-hmm. um, that what I was receiving was 100% correct. Mm-hmm. And there was no way of me knowing that what I was receiving was a vision or a feeling or a word, whatever it may be, that it was going to be 100% correct. And, you know, we went through probably close to 100 different questions uh, covering about 25 different animals to, uh, during this workshop. So 
Beautiful. How exciting to find at that stage of your life that you have this extraordinary gift. How did that feel when you recognized that? It was exciting. It was, wow, this is really cool. Um, it was also, wow, this was very strange. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Maybe I was just on a roll that day. You know, I thought, well, maybe I should go play the lotto or uh, go to Vegas, <laughs> you know, yeah. hedge my bets. And then what was this really going to mean? Was this just something that I needed to play, you know, play with a little bit and, and work with it to learn really what this gift was all about? Was it going to be something greater than what I ever thought? And realistically, you had to look at it from just a, the human aspect of here is a gift that's presenting itself later in life, but I'm already on a 20-year career in telecom doing quite well for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, being the first in my family to go to college and putting my way, uh, you know, paying my way through college and so, you know, starting this great career. So you have to look at it from that aspect as well. Oh, that sure. this is definitely going to be a, uh, a life changer. Yeah, how did your family feel about it? My family was good. You know, I found out, uh, I think the biggest lesson I've ever learned in my life, I, I learned by this gift presenting itself. And that lesson is that people come into our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. I love that. Yeah. And we, we've heard that. And I'd heard that terminology before, but never really thought anything more of it. But it truly did develop it in uh, true fashion um, when this gift opened itself up. Because there were some people that were part of my life for many, many years, both family and friends, people that I'd known since childhood, um, that couldn't accept it. They, they didn't know where this was coming from. They couldn't see it or touch it, and it was definitely a shift in my consciousness. So um, those people faded away. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is it opened up a whole broad new spectrum of people coming my way, so I formed all kinds of new friendships and new relationships, even greater and more intense and more valuable I find mm-hmm. um, by this being you know by them understanding and accepting it and wanting to know more about it well that's a real inspiration right there Tim thanks for sharing that story uh, I, I love this kind of um, you know the, the the universe sort of intercepting or uh, you know sort of showing up uh, at the uh, not the 11th hour maybe the different season of your life you could say and you answered the call, you know. Sometimes it's really frightening um, for a lot of us when we feel like we've been going down one track and then suddenly the divine says, hey, look over here, look what I got for you. A lot of courage, and that's very inspiring to a lot of folks. So thanks for sharing that. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I, I do think it's, uh, you know, it's funny with the human, uh, I talk about this in the book Talking with Dogs and Cats, that Animals just like us that come to this world, this plane, this existence, uh, with a purpose, a reason. But they don't doubt what their reason is. They understand it pretty clearly what their reason is for being here, and they try every single day to fulfill that reason. And then they, when they make their transition, hopefully they've done everything they set out to do. And unfortunately, as humans, we spend most of our life and thousands of dollars in therapy often (laughs) trying to determine, wait a minute, is this all there is or what am I really doing here? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, some of those leaps of faith that you have to take, um, I think that, you know, you have to to do that. They're presented to you for a reason. You have to jump on board, paddle as fast as you can, and then you'll see uh, why this all happened. Well, you certainly did. You had the courage, and you are inspiring us all forward uh, and bringing this gorgeous new book uh, to boot in your new career and touching the lives of so many people. So 
Yeah, you're a, a real inspiration, and we need more folks like you, Tim Link. So thanks for that. We appreciate that. Well, thank you. I do appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. And on that wild and woolly note, because a lot of your fans are uh, joining us today, if, you're, if you don't know where you are, you're at Marion Live. <laughs> oh, yes, you're in the right place. Talking with Dogs and Cats, that's what we're going to do here together. Uh, author Tim Link is joining us. He's got his new book out. And he's going to be talking with us about not only what it means to be an animal communicator, which he has just shared about his shift in and his awakening regarding listening in to this deeper place, but but what we can do with regard to our orientation to our animals, how we can communicate with them, et cetera, as we move forward this hour. So, uh, Tim, let's back up a little bit and talk about being an animal communicator for folks just joining us, what, what exactly does it mean? Is it simply, as you said earlier, you can sort of hear uh, the, the verbal language of the animal? Say more about this. Yeah, uh, you know, when it first started, you know, an animal communicator, I always explain it as someone that connect, can connect with the animals at a little bit deeper level. So they can send messages to the animals, both verbally and visually, and the animals will accept those in, in, that information that's being shared. In return, they're open enough to be able to receive the information coming back to them. So this is more than just those outward appearances that we're seeing in our animals. This is really having a true connection with them and trusting what you receive from them. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, when it first started, I, I received, um, you know, I connected with the animal, I received a couple of words or a picture. And that's when, during the workshop, you know, I wrote down that information and shared it with the human companion of the animal and verified that, yes, that what the animal is sharing is true and, you know, the vision you're getting is exactly what um, uh, is happening with the animal or what has happened with the animal. So, but as I continue to work with this gift, as I call it, you know, and, and continue to be able to, uh, you know, work with my own animals, later worked with animals of friends and family members, uh, became part of an animal healing ministry at my church, and then later became president of a humane society here in the greater Atlanta area, and growing this. And, and the key thing is I got to work with more and more animals, more and more different types of animals, and connecting with them and trusting what I receive from them. So now I get to the point where the animal communicates with me in the fashion that they feel most comfortable with, and how they think me as a mere human could possibly understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> is this something like being a, an animal whisperer, or is that different? No, it's the same. You know, people call it uh, various things, where it's animal communicator, animal whisperer. Um, people often will say a pet psychic. Um, I don't particularly refer to myself as a pet psychic because, uh, you know, uh, sometimes the, the word psychic has gotten these misrepresentations yeah. in, our, in our culture. Um, and no, the animals don't give me winning lottery numbers or tell me which. No, they can't do that. <laughs> they don't do any of that. But you know, the key thing is they're they're communicating with me, and so I'll receive based on you know some animals are very talkative, very flamboyant, very conversational, just like some humans are, and some are more subdued. So when I'm in connected with an animal, sometimes I'll receive words, colors, feelings, pictures, emotions, smells, tastes. However they want to communicate is the information I'm receiving. And, and some that are more subdued will only share a couple of different ways of connecting. And so I work as sort of a conduit between the human companion, the caretaker of the animal, and the animal itself to determine, you know, you have questions you want to know from your animals. There's things you want to share with them. 
and I'm working as that conduit between the both of you to relay information to the animals and help you communicate back and receive the information back from the animals so you have a better understanding, better relationship, and a better bond with your animals. So the way that you explain this is a kind of telepathy, right, that moves between you and the animal or that you tap into. Absolutely. It's hard to jump in. When we come back after the break, let's talk a little bit more about that because telepathy is something that some of us are familiar with, uh, but the others, uh, let's give them a little background. And, and that there are different forms of telepathy and how to use that with our animals. When we get back right here on Marion Live, Tim Link is joining us talking about his new jo- new dog, uh, no, new book, Talking with Dogs and Cats right here on Marion Live. Don't touch that dial. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net everybody we're so glad you're here thanks for joining us today tim link is with us talking with dogs and cats is his natal the title of his new book <laughs> i keep doing that that's so fun oh okay i could i have cats and dog energy it's playful energy it just comes spilling out of your mouth what are you going to do well what we know is we're in the right place and tim link is joining us today Hey, Tim, before the break, uh, we were talking about telepathy. What is telepathy and that there are different kinds of telepathy for the folks who aren't that familiar? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's, uh, there are different types of telepathy, but the, the key when it boils down to it is that it's that nonverbal communication you have between either two humans or with animals and humans and animals and animals. So what we mean by that is, you know, in the book I talk about how we see geese flying, and they fly in the pattern. So if you envision, a, you know, a, a flying pattern of geese, there's one leading and the rest are trailing behind. When the one that's in the lead gets tired and wants to fall back to the back, they have that nonverbal communication, and the one in the back knows instinctually through a communication pattern to go to the front and relieve the one that's been leading the pack. So they do that through, you know, they don't land on the ground and do, a, you know, rock, paper, scissors to decide who's going to be the next yeah, one right. up. They know because they have that communication. Uh, it's just like when two dogs are laying sound asleep. They can be perfectly sound asleep on the floor together. All of a sudden they get up at the same time. They shimmy shake. They stretch. You know, they do their little seas and saws. And then they go to the door or they go to the water bowl together or whatever it may be. They've already had that conversation. Mm. Um, you know, for us humans, we, we hear of it a lot of, um, like, twins. Twins are born with that sort of connection, and they keep that connection throughout their whole life. And so one, when they get older, one can move to, say, New York, and the other's in L.A. 
and the one in L.A. wakes up one morning and feels mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. there's something that's not quite right, uh, right. gets a, a vision, uh, a sensation, uh, whatever it may be, a gut feeling we call it, or as we know that, that sacral chakra is, is uh, a perplexed there or in flux, we'll say. And so the one in California picks up the phone, calls the one in New York, and comes to find out, yeah, there's something happening, there's an illness, there's a challenge they're going through, whatever it may be. So we know of these things from our everyday lives. Mother's instincts is another great one. You know, Mother instinctually knows by just simply being in the presence of their child that something's not quite right, mm-hmm. and they act upon it. And when you ask the mother later on, what was it? And she says, well, I, I don't know, I just got that feeling. I got I got a vision that you know little Timmy was having some problems. There was there was some sensation I received, and come to find out, she acted up on it, and it was absolutely correct. So we all have this. We all have that ability to connect. That's how our animals communicate with each other. So there's no reason we can't communicate with each other that way, and more importantly, with our animals. In right. That so we're basically doing this all the time. You're just inviting us to. Uh, create an art out of it, right, to bring it into our consciousness and to help us address some issues that we might be having with our pets that are challenges or even deepen our relationship with them, correct? Exactly, yeah. The book Talking with Dogs and Cats is sort of broken up into two different parts. The first being, uh, you know, what is animal communication? Animal Communication 101 the basics of it all. So we go through, you know, the breathing exercises, the clearing exercises, and how do you trust the information you're receiving? And I share a lot of real-life stories of not only animals in my life, but of my clients' animals as well. And then the latter part of the book deals with the sort of top 30 things that if you have dogs and cats in your life, you're going to encounter these in some fashion, some way, and here's some new ways, some new techniques to be able to help improve and hopefully solve those behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like, you know, why does my cat stop using the litter box? Or why does my dog always pull me on leash? Uh, how do I introduce a new person or a new animal to the family? Um, various types of things that, if, like I said, if you have an animal in your life or are considering bringing a new one into your life, these are the things you're going to encounter, and I sort of give you my my take on how you can communicate with them mm-hmm. verbally and visually to better solve and bond in, uh, with your animals. All right, well, I know you go into great detail in your new book, Talking with Dogs and Cats, about how to communicate, but let's just brush over the surface for folks so they can get started um, with some of the basics because most people are thinking, what do I need to know about communicating with my dog? I say, hey, Bella, come here. And then Bella either comes or she doesn't come. You're talking about something different, deeper, and we need some skills. Let's let's address some of those. Absolutely. Well, the biggest thing uh, is that we have to get in that present moment. Okay, so we have to quiet our minds, um, the monkey mind, as we call it, or I call it post-it notes on the brain. Mm-hmm. We have so many things yeah. we're thinking about. You know, you got to get rid of those. I know for me, if I don't have it written down on a post-it note, forget it. It's, not, it's probably not going <laughs> to yes. happen. So, you know, those are the things that are stopping us. So when we continually go through our routine of our day and we let things interfere with us, we we have chores to do, jobs to do, children to take care of, whatever it may be, we spend so much time focusing on that that our poor animals, they often get left in the lurch. You know, they get left behind. We're lucky to feed them and maybe walk them and, um, you know, hopefully spend a little bit of time with them. So what we're asking, what I'm asking of you is just be with your animals, first of all. That's that's the key part of it. If you're out taking a walk, notice what your animals are noticing. 
smell what they smell if you want to be part of that moment. I see so often, you know, I live in a wonderful little community. We have all kinds of walking trails and paths and, and uh, walkways around us, and everybody takes their animals, their dogs in particular, out for a walk. And nine times out of ten, they're paying no attention to the animal. They're texting, they're talking, they're doing something else other than being in that moment. So I want you to be in the moment with your animals. That's the first thing. Mm. The second thing is to breathe. I want you to clear yourself. You know, the best way we hear that terminology for those that don't practice breathing on a regular basis, breathing techniques on a regular basis. But everybody says when we're wound up or we're, we're, we're intense or we're, uh, you know, we're having a tough day, they say, breathe, Tim, you know, take a breath. You know, and you're like, okay. I don't know if I feel any better or not, but I took a breath. Yeah. <laughs> what we're talking about is breathing to clear yourself and seeing that, that pure breath come in through your crown chakra and down through your body and clearing yourself out, just relaxing, relaxing, being part of the, of the world, being part of nature, being part of your animal's life. And that's a key component of it as well. And then you simply just ask your animal a question. You can do it verbally or you can do it through your, your, your uh, mind's eye, you know, through your, your internal self. But you ask them a question, whatever question you're wanting, you know, do you like your food that you're eating? And whatever you receive back in that moment, trust that information to be true. So if you see a vision of a different type of food or them eating their food or you get the words coming through your, your mind's eye or through your head, you hear them say, no, I don't, or whatever it may be, trust that information and follow through with it. Tim, give us some examples of important conversations to the mundane. Um, you've had a lot of experience doing this, uh, so folks can sort of see the spectrum of how useful and valuable this is. In, in, in what fashion? Give me a little example yeah, of that. Yeah, sure. So, for example, um, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to try communicating with my dog, Bella. And I'm going to sort of, in the frame of, I feel like I've already communicated with her, but now I have this whole host of opportunities in front of me. We come back. We'll we'll talk about this uh, in terms of maybe um, maybe she's barking unnecessarily, or just I want to be check in. I want to check in with her. Maybe she's feeling she looks blue and down, and I want to know if that's a projection or if that's really happening, right? So there's a whole bunch of different ways or different categories that we might be checking in with our animals. So when we get back, let's let's talk about some of your experience in some of those areas, and your book addresses many of them in depth. And we get back right here on Marion Live. Don't go away, everybody. Talking with dogs and cats right here with Tim Link. We'll be back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for us. us. Shh. Over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. 
They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're with us. Tim Link is in the house talking with dogs and cats. Is the title of his new book, Joining the Conversation to Improve Behavior and Bond with Your Animals. So, Tim, before the break, I was asking you to maybe give us some examples in a couple different categories how we might communicate with our animals, particularly if this is new for some folks. So one example being maybe a behavioral conversation, your dog, my dog Bella might be barking, how do I get her, how do I even start the conversation? And the other might be emotional, maybe she looks blue, and I don't know if, if that's just something I'm projecting onto her, if she's really feeling low. Yeah, well, well, let's address the barking one because that would definitely, you know, that's one of the big ones in the book. Uh, I know I have two schnauzers, so terriers are, are big proponents of uh, barking yeah. at everything. Anything that's outside, they're going to bark at it. It tends to be a, a lot of the characteristic of the breed, but it's also the each individual because I've got one that does a lot more of it than the other. So one has taken on that responsibility, that job. They've imposed that upon themselves to say, I'm going to be the one that sort of patrols the outside, see what's going on. If I hear a noise, I'm going to let everybody know about it. And the other one can chime in if they want to. So in those type of situations, you have to realize that there are jobs that we assign our animals, which are very, very important, things for them to do to help us out, to help us heal, to help us uh, through situations, whatever it may be. You assign them jobs to do to keep them mentally and physically stimulated. Huh. But also they'll assign certain jobs upon themselves. So typically if you have more than one animal in the house, one will be sort of the overseer, the protector, then you know, we'll call it the alpha, some people call it. And others will be maybe your lover, you know, that the one that lays on you, that heals you. Whenever your belly's aching, it'll come and lay on your belly and make it feel better. Mm-hmm. So there's certain self imposed jobs. So the barking at the door, the one thing you have to realize and it'll sound counterproductive at first is that job that that animal, that dog has assigned itself is to bark when they hear something outside. And if you don't acknowledge it, or if you acknowledge it in a very negative energy tone, like yelling at the dog, they won't stop barking. They'll continue on barking because they want you to recognize, hey, I'm doing my job, I need you to know it, whatever it is, and then I can move on to something else. So I tell people simply to, whenever the dog's barking at the door or something outside, you acknowledge what it is. You say, what, what is it? Okay, yeah, it's that old squirrel, so we make light of it. It's the squirrel tormenting us again. It's just that squirrel outside. Good job. Thanks for letting me know. Now let's go play or let's go get a treat or let's get a belly rub, whatever it may be. So you're acknowledging what it is, what their job is. You're acknowledging that they did good work, and then you move on to something else. And that's going to sound counterproductive because you don't want them to bark at the door or they don't want them to bark at the squirrel outside. But the key is that once you've acknowledged what it is, you will definitely minimize and eventually uh, start to eliminate some of that behavior. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So it's sort of the opposite of what most of us would think to do. Stop barking or, 
you know, come over here and let me distract you and give you a treat, and it just doesn't stop the behavior. So you're saying drop in, actually really connect with your animal. This is a very unusual approach. Yes, you, you want to connect with them, and you want to, them to realize that you understand that this is a job they've assigned themselves. It's a somewhat important job as well, you know, so we need to be in tune with that. But the sooner you can recognize what it is and move on, mm -hmm. the better they're going to respond, the quicker you can get Got that, it. That, that barking. Okay, now what about the affect, the, the states that they may be in, which we may not recognize, either overly excitable, uh, so, so joyful, and, you know, my goodness, what's gotten into them, or depressed, sometimes my... My dog, when she was younger, I, I thought, oh, my goodness, is she depressed or does her mouth just turned down? These kinds of things that we, we wonder about. Right. So when we talk about a, a behavior change with the animal, and we'll say that it's all of a sudden, you know, your dog's always up and about playing and all of a sudden seems very lackadaisical or non, you know, not, and not interested in its normal routine. We first want to find out what the situation is. So what you've identified as a potential issue, a potential challenge, is accurate. So big kudos to you. If you think your dog's not doing well, feeling well, not responding, not in a happy place, whatever it may be, you follow up on that because obviously you have that heart connection with your animal, so you need to trust that information. That's the first one. Mm -hmm. The big kudos for recognizing it because there is something going on. Then from there, you want to simply communicate with your animal. You want to verbally and visually communicate with them. And what I mean by that is you can verbally talk to them because they understand the words that you're saying. Uh, we know that from our training techniques. So we know when we teach them sit, stay, lay, leave it, these type of things, they understand it. But they also understand full conversations. So when we're talking about going on vacation, they're packing up their toys and ready to go. <laughs> you start to see their behavior start to change when we're talking about a situation going yeah. away. Um, so they understand the words that we're saying. More importantly, the visualization, every time we say a word or a series of words, we're automatically sending out a visual picture of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And we usually do that in a sub subconscious state instead of a conscious state. Mm -hmm. So I want you to have a conversation with your animal and say, you know, hey, Fido, I'm getting this feeling that you are not happy or you're not, you know, you're not feeling well. Can you share any information with me because this is going to make me uh, happy and it's going to allow me to be able to help you. Right. And if you're in that quiet space and you're connected with your animals, you'll receive information back and what it is you receive, trust them. Trust now, that. Now, I don't know. I've never met a dog Fido, but that, every time <laughs> I hear that, it makes me laugh my head off. So you've met a lot of dogs and cats in your time, Tim. Yes. What has been one of the most challenging scenarios you've had and then putting these practices to use, how did you turn that around? Well, you, uh, first of all, you mentioned names. Names are very important. If, if, with us humans, it's very important as well because it, it, it distinguishes a lot of who we are, especially in our early childhood. Mm -hmm. So first of all, give your animal an appropriate name. Ask them what they want to be called. I had a turtle. I asked, what would you like to be called? And he said, I don't want to be called anything. My name is Slim. So we had Slim, the water turtle. Yeah. I, that's awesome. And that's not a name I would have normally chosen for a water turtle, that's for sure. So, uh, so we asked them that. And so you always want to make it positive, positive energy words. You never want to call your black cat 
black cat. Right. You know, you never want to call, uh, you know, uh, uh, a derogatory name of your animal because guess what? They're going to live up to that name. Right. We should try that with our kids, Tim. What do you think? <laughs> I think so because, you, you know, I, I know some kids. I'm like, yeah, that that's very suitable for that. Yeah, <laughs> that right. Has nothing to do with that kid, right? Yeah, that's okay. right. That's exactly right. All right. So yeah, challenging uh, cases that you've had, or one that stands out in particular, and and how you turn that around. Well, the, there there are so many different cases. I mean, I, the situations. I, I tell you a fun one. A fun one that happened very early on when I uh, sort of did it, started doing this full time, and I got contacted by this lady, and she had a horse. And all of a sudden, over the past couple of weeks, the horse had stopped eating and drinking and just lost total interest. And she had called the veterinarian to come out and do a series of tests and check it out and see if everything's okay. Everything seemed to be fine. So she contacted me to find out what was going on. And when I connected with the horse, the only thing the horse would tell me is green water. Green water. Hmm. So I'm trying to find out what is green water. So I go through a technique which I call, you know, peeling back the onion asking out more and more questions to get down to the root cause of what we're talking about here. So I ask, okay, green water, and that's all I'm really receiving. So I ask the human companion, the owner, the caretaker of the animal, uh, what does green water mean to you? And she said, I have no clue what green water means to me. I said, okay, well, let, how, about, how about the water that you're giving the, the horse? Is it, you put some supplements in it, is there something that's turning the water green or making it smell green? Nope, no supplements, no anything. So I asked the horse once again, what, what, what is it that's bothering you? What's, why aren't you eating and why aren't you drinking? And he said, green water. Mm. So I go back and I, I sort of you know, put my own human conscious in there and I say, okay, green water, green water, what does that mean? What does it mean? Okay, that must mean he's got a pond. There must be a pond with moss or, or something on it. That has to be it. So I asked the human companion. She goes, no, not only do we not have a pond with green moss on it, but we have no pond in our pasture. So I go back to this over and over again, and, and, and I made a mistake of putting my own consciousness mm. in there, putting my own human thought patterns mm-hmm. in there instead of letting it flow back to me. Finally, the horse showed me a stall, a horse stall, and it had two buckets on each corner. So I asked the uh, human companion, does this resonate with you? Is this his stall or something that means something to him? She said, well, it sounds exactly like his stall. He has a stall that he comes into, and he's got a bucket on each side. I said, great. I said, are those buckets green? And she goes, no, they're blue. And I'm like, what is going on here? She said, but you know what? He used to have green buckets. I said, oh, really? Both buckets were green? She said, yeah, they were. I said, really? I said, well, when did you change, change those out to the blue ones? She said, about two weeks ago. Oh. Oh. <laughs> It is. So I said, okay, do you have the green buckets around? And she goes, yes, I do. I said, she said, they're kind of tattered. I said, put them back up. Put them back up, put new food in there, put new water in there, see what happens. And lo and behold, as soon as she did that, he walked in the stall, started eating and drinking and everything. I love it. The things (laughs) our horses will tell us. Oh, my God, Tim, that is so hilarious. (laughs) Have you ever had an animal tell you something that that was like a secret they told you and you weren't allowed to tell their owner? Um. So there have been, and it's been pretty, pretty. Uh, you have to be very delicate as a, you know, because the owner has hired you to communicate yes. with their animals, and sometimes you may not want to know what they have to say. Yeah, right. <laughs> very delicate. Exactly. So there's some situations, yeah. And I had, I had another humorous one. I was on, uh, I, I appeared, uh, my first book was Wagging Tails, T A L E S, 
and I went on a book tour, and I was in Columbus, Ohio, and I did a radio show there live in studio. And um, the producer of the show was, was a female, and she had a question. So I was there with the, uh, the regular morning show hosts. They said, well, our producer has a question. And the question was, what do you think about my boyfriend? And I had to be delicate about this because the, the dog was not too big of a fan of the boyfriend. Oh. But I said, one thing that's really bothering him is he hasn't, he, let's just put it this way, he hasn't put a ring on it. Oh. And they busted laughing. <laughs> the producer comes right into the studio. She's like, I can't believe you said that because that's actually it. That's actually the problem. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, he did. He did put a ring on it. I believe they got married, funny. so that was good. But, yeah, it was a relationship thing. So that goes back to the fact that whatever is going, since you have a heart connection with your animals, whatever is going on in your life is going to impact your animals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you're in a positive state of mind, things are going well, you're feeling good physically, mentally, emotionally, your animals more likely are going to feel good that in that fashion as well. But if you are having some challenges, you need to look within yourself because more than likely there's something going on that's impacting the animal based on what's going on with you or what's going on in the household. And so we have to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Those are great stories, and that's a really good point. You said something early on, and when I was reading the book, this this also struck me that animals, or each animal, comes into our lives for a specific reason, that they choose us. And this sort of feels like a good entree for that. Um, let's talk a little bit about that, and we're going to go to break here in a minute, but let's just get started. Yeah, you know, I, I do believe our animals always choose us. And we know the stories, and that perhaps they've happened to you, they've happened to me before, or the animal just shows up at your doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um, before the show started, we talked about how um, uh, we had an orange tabby who, whose name's Charles, but at the time he was just a, uh, a feral cat that came into our house, and we decided to start feeding him because he was a pretty sweet boy for a feral cat. And the next thing you know, his three mistresses show up, and then the next thing you know, they're all pregnant. And, with, and before you know it, within just a matter of weeks, we have 12 cats at our house. Oh, my God. And we trap, neutered, and released every single one of them. And we thought this is going to be good. They'll go back to their colony. Everything will be fine. And then all of a sudden, my house became the colony. Mm-hmm. So they lived with us for years and years and years. And now, um, but the key thing is they always seem to find us. So if you ever notice when you go to, uh, you're going to get a certain breed, you walk into a, a rescue or, or a pet store, wherever, maybe hopefully not a pet store, but a rescue to pick up a certain breed, mm-hmm. you end up walking out with a totally different one. Absolutely. And there's a reason for that. We can talk about that after yeah. break. When we come back, let's definitely talk about that because we all have a special connection with our pets, don't we? When we get back more with Tim Link right here on Marion Live, talking with dogs and cats right after we get back from these messages. Don't touch that dial. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. 
Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. everybody. I got to tell you, I don't know what I would do without my animals. They are so deeply meaningful to me uh, in a way that is almost sometimes embarrassing. I, I just am not sure that my heart won't explode with love. And I imagine a lot of our listeners out there have similar feelings. You just look deeply into your pet's eyes. And if you have multiple pets, it's a love fest. And you just don't know how you can live without them. And uh, as we come up to the top of the hour, we're talking with Tim Link about his new book, Talking with Dogs and Cats. We're going to talk a little bit about what happens when they pass and they're no longer with us, these special creatures that come into our lives that choose us for a reason, a season, or something else, as you said earlier, Tim. Uh, but before we get there, because people do like to know if they can talk with their pets when they are on the other side, uh, let's finish up our talk about the fact that animals, you say, do choose us, and, and that the orange tabby did choose you. He came into your life for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with, with Charles and Charles' situation with our orange cat, coming there, you know, my history with cats was I, I do a lot of work with clients and their cats, you know, uh, dogs, cats, and then a whole plethora of other animals. I also work with wildlife sanctuaries and zoos and aquariums, uh, so the list of types of animals are... Uh, quite lengthy, but mostly it's dogs and cats. But I never had a lot of experience personally with cats, and the only feral cats I'd worked with was through uh, the rescues that I ran um, in getting them situated, you know, getting them trapped, neutered, and released. But actually living with cats and having them there and what's the ins and outs of a feral cat compared to a house cat, you know, there's a lot of big differences in there. And what I found out is twofold. First of all, from a, from a human standpoint, it taught me how to take care of those animals and to love those animals, but it still allowed them to have their freedom. So it brought a lot of, uh, lot of love and a lot of interest in my life. It's, but the big thing, I think, the reason Charles came to my life was um, the lessons that I did learn I can now share with thousands upon thousands of other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wrote, write for uh, numerous uh, pet magazines and write for numerous magazines that are not pet magazines, but they want an article about animals. Mm-hmm. So I talk about my relationship with Charles and the rest of the uh, the feral cats and what happens in their life and what happened to them as they, they move through the stages of their lives and how to take care of them. So these are things that now I had a platform, and up until that time I never had a platform to be able to share that. Mm-hmm. Now I do, and I firmly believe that's why Charles came into my life, is that teaching lesson. Beautiful. Beautiful yeah, so they're always coming to our lives, and I think much later as we live with them or perhaps after they make their transition, that's when we start to really realize, hey, this this cat or this dog or this animal did a lot more for me than I ever initially thought. Yeah. And there was a reason they came into my life. And you can feel it when you look into their little beautiful faces, can't you? Even if they have a funny face, they're just so, there's something going on in there. Like they've got a soul, I believe. Oh, absolutely they have a soul. You know, we're... Well, I, I use the word energy. You know, that's the key thing. You can call it soul, spirit, essence. We're, it's all the same thing. Whether you're talking about humans, animals, plant life, whatever it may be, there is a spirit, there is an essence, there is a soul that comes into that living, breathing entity. Mm-hmm. And every single day we're here to fulfill a purpose and a reason for being here. And then when we make that transition, we 
separate ourselves from our body. We are not our body, and animals, I think, tend to know that uh, much, uh, know that and accept that much better than us humans do. Mm-hmm. And on, yeah, and on that note, Tim, when our animals do make that transition, this can be quite devastating for people, and actually surprising for other people who maybe aren't pet owners to see the deep grief that people experience. Let's talk about that as well as how do we make a connection with our animals who have um, departed, left, left this form? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I do a lot of work in this area, uh, grief counseling and helping people uh, help their animals before they make their transition and understanding that and, and what their animals really want at that time, as well as afterwards how to connect with them. Because as humans, you know, we beat ourselves up so badly, especially with our animals. You know, after they make their transition, we always wonder, did we do enough? Did we do too much? Did we keep them around too long and we were too selfish with them? Uh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. And it, it's very common in the human mind to, to think that way. I mean, I, my wife and I even caught ourselves the other day with our first dog that we had together, a Pomeranian named Nisi, which uh, 30 years ago is when Nisi was part of our life. And we're like, wow, I wish, you know, wish we would have been able to do this with the food or this with the, you know, the, the, the treatments or this with uh, taking care of Nisi. And then we start to realize, well, first of all, a lot of those things, the technologies and the foods and the things, that we've come a long way in 30 years. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that wasn't even available to us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But second of all, there, you know, there was a reason that, you know, there's, there's no reason to beat ourselves up over that. Yeah. Yeah. So the key thing I tell people out of all this, we can communicate with your animals and, you know, we all often call them when they're in body, when they're alive with us, we often call them our little furry angels. And they are absolutely our furry angels, both in body and afterwards. Mm-hmm. So when they make their transition, they go to the same place everybody else goes. That energy goes to the same universal energy space. You can call it heaven. You can call it the, uh, the uh, rainbow bridge. Uh, whatever you want to refer to this as, it's the same loving energy space. Mm-hmm. So they're always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is there's no uh, physical boundaries for them. So just like with any other angel, they can come back and visit. We call upon them to help us out. We can call upon them to give us guidance, to give us love, to help us with our challenges in life. And guess what? They'll make their appearances, and they'll, they will be there for us. And I think we often realize that, but we don't trust ourselves when we, when we you know, after they make their transition, we don't trust ourselves when we happen to see a shadow of them pass by us. Right. And we wonder what that is. Or the end of the bed where they used to like to lay all of a sudden feels... Uh, rumpled, you know, it's crumpled to the touch and it's yeah. warm and you see little footprints on the bed. Well, that's very encouraging and I think uh, really, uh, for a lot of folks, comforting. So thank you for that. Hey, we're coming up to the top of the hour, Tim. It's been so delightful to have you with us and I know folks are not going to be able to get enough of you and your new book, Talking with Dogs and Cats. We're going to let them know that they can get a hold of you at uh, talkingwithdogsandcats.com for more information, but what do you want to leave us with this hour? Well, I think the key thing is I want you to have an even greater relationship and a greater bond with the animals in your life. So we all love our animals. We all want to, you know, cherish them and do what is best for them. We do every single day. Um, the key thing is I think we need to be there in that quiet space with them as well to really connect with them. We have to verbally and visually communicate with them and trust that information we receive. 
And I think it's the key thing. So spend that time with them. The time we have in physical form with us, with our animals is so short. So spend that quality time with them and actually have a conversation with them. I love it. And uh, I just wanted to highlight one other thing you said earlier for, for folks who love to tune in and uh, working on their relationship issues and that in the book is your your dog or your cat or turtle. They know they have great date dar. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in and pay attention. Hey, Tim Lee, thanks for joining us uh, on Marianne Live. We were so glad to have you with us today. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Good luck on the rest of your tour. For more information on Tim Link's book and other parts of Tim Link's world, go to talkingwithdogsandcats.com. Find out where he's speaking, a workshop that's coming up, or how to get directly in touch with him. Thanks for joining us today. I just love talking with cats and dogs and Tim's book, Talking with Dogs and Cats. That's the title of his book, Joining the Conversation to Improve Behavior and Bond with Your Animals. Tim Link, for more information, go to talkingwithdogsandcats.com or go to marianlive.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think or if you uh, want to uh, give us some feedback, some fun dog and cat stories or any other animals that you have. We'd love to hear it. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, next week, what is up on Marion Live? Jonathan Robinson is going to be joining us. The Technology of Joy, the 101 Best Apps, Gadgets, Tools, and Supplements for Feeling More Delight in Your Life. Oh, yes, you heard it here. Join us next week as we interview Jonathan Robinson right here on Marion Live. Last part of your practice, go do something nice or good for someone else. Don't let them know you did it. It's part of paying it forward. We love you. We send you every blessing. And go snuggle your pet. Uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. 